Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 at Edmonton, number number two, Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. Uh, the River Cree, we will tell you, they are indeed back up and at them, and they got lots coming up here over the next couple months already. Uh, booking Honeymoon Suite. We'll be at the uh, River Cree in uh, early September. Ario Speedwagon towards the end of uh, September. So lots uh, taking place. They, had, they got Foreigner? They had Foreigner. Wow. Air Supply? Air, really? Air Supply? Uh, I'm detecting a bit of a theme. Anyways, lots of events taking place at the River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. The province is back up and at them. The River Cree Resort and Casino is back up and at them. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. Uh, we're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally at Bob underscore Stoffer and tweet Brendan at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. All right, we're now going to bring aboard uh, the official PR person of the uh, UCP party of the province of Alberta. Isn't that what his detractors call him once in a while? I joked earlier that he was a card-carrying member of the far left in the province of Alberta. We welcome back uh, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. How you doing, David? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Do you ever notice that when people disagree with you, uh, that they're less uh, polite about it today than ever before? You know what I'm saying? Like the and, and I, I, I've noticed this over the course of the last three days because I haven't said what some people want to hear, and that is that you know, oh, you guys, the owners suck as an organization, and what a stupid trade, and Caleb Jones is better than Duncan Keith, and what do you guys do? And and hey, I don't mind. I got it. I don't mind anybody that politely says, "Bob, I like you know, I get it why they went and got Duncan Keith. I just wish they would have taken, uh, they would have found a way to Chicago uh, for Chicago to take in, you know, some percentage of the cap hit." Of course, the, we're not in on those negotiations. Again, the Blackhawks have already paid 7.4 of the real 11 million dollars left in that deal. Uh, but it is, and David, I noticed this because you, like you made some comments about education that a lot of people completely disagreed with. Okay. And, uh, and some people basically made some strong inferences about your politics. And frankly, I disagree with a lot of the stuff you write. 
I got when it comes to a hockey team. Uh, I don't I don't often agree with everything you write either. So, it, but it is an interesting time in, in terms of how public discourse works today, isn't it, David? Bob, what we uh, in the past, you know, in the before there was social media, so 15 years ago, we didn't run into people who disagreed strongly with us very often. And often, when you meet people face to face, even when you disagree, it's moderated. The dis- disagreements moderated because you know each other. You're talking to someone face to face. You see them, and it's more polite. The conversation suddenly um, we got to hear from people. And we, we, I think we always disagreed with each other. Now it's in our faces all the time. You go on Twitter and suddenly you see within 10 minutes you're going to see 100 people that you strongly disagree with. And um, sometimes they're coming at you. Sometimes you just see in their tweets. But it's a world where we're, where we're just so much more in each other's faces with our opinions and have so much more you know, ability to reach out and tell someone you disagree. And... Um, I just, I, I think that it's wearing on us all. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's not necessarily healthy. And so we're going to have to learn to use social media better than we're using it right now. You know, it, you know I, I get uh, criticized because I block a lot of people. Well, you know, I What's hear... Lo- how many people do you have blocked? Oh, uh, probably in politics, probably about 2,000. What? Yeah. Dude, you gotta have a thicker. I, I've blocked. I've blocked less than fifty. Sometimes I accidentally block people, and then like Brendan's gotten calls saying, "Does he know he's blocked?" And I'm like, "I block the only. I block like." Bob, Bob, you're not on. You're not me. Like I'm on Twitter more than you are. I, I way more than you are, and I interact with people way more than you do on Twitter. No apologies for blocking all those people when they're coming 2000, at me. Two thousand, David. Yo, of course, Bob. Of course. David, I put a tweet out after every game that the Oilers play, okay? And sometimes it doesn't go well. The team, and I don't know if the dude that's tweeting back at me calling me a fat loser uh, and getting personal in his vindictiveness, I don't know if the guy bet 500 bucks on the Oilers last night, uh, that night, and lost. Uh, when the team started three and six, and I tweeted something after game number nine, you know, there were multiple people that swore at me, made personal. Con- I mean, it's. I'm just kind of like. I, I am under 50 people, I'll tell you right now, and at least 40 of them are individuals who started following that have got uh, swear words in the Twitter byline, okay, like real rude stuff, or maybe somebody that's trying to sell their wares. If Bob, you know. in, in the political realm, I don't know what you get on the orders. In the political realm, you get death threats. You get people threatening violence. You get all kinds of stuff. Sports is one thing, but politics is another. And just the amount of abuse that, that uh, people in the political realm take on take in terms of political discussion, um, I think is perfectly reasonable to block people uh, who are coming at you with nasty, aggressive, crazy talk. Um, we, I, I will talk with people who disagree with me all day long, happily do so in a civil debate. But the, the second people start to get crazy and abusive and... Okay. Really, you know, mis, misinterpreting, willfully misinterpreting what I'm saying, distorting what I'm saying. Why would I put up with that? Like, they can, they're, Bob, they're free on Twitter to say whatever they want about me to everybody else in the world, and they do. They go on and on and on. 
But do I have to hear it? Do I want to hear it? Why would I want to? I hear from people who disagree with me in a civil way, make strong points all the time, completely open to that. But I'm not open to being abused. I'm not someone's punching bag, and I don't want to hear it. So see you later. Uh, again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Brad goes, Bob, when are you going to stop carrying water on this trade? I like. Here's here's the problem with the Duncan, trade, uh, Duncan Key trade. There's one problem right now. We're not playing any real games for three months. So this is going to be a conversation point. So, I, hey, I put my I, – I get the trade. I understand that when the Edmonton Oilers sat there and were playing in the playoffs, the coaches looked down on the bench, and we're only comfortable with playing four defensemen when the bullets flew. And I'm going to hazard a strong guess that the veteran players on the team said, you got to get us some, some guys with experience to help us out. And lo and behold, Keith kind of fell in their lap. So – but I also completely understand the people that say, hey, they should have found a way to eat more uh, for Chicago uh, to, to eat, uh, you know, some of the money on the deal. What I would say, David, is that Ken Holland hold t- tight on his top prospects. He refused to move them out in this deal. How would you assess the overall trade? Well, I can tell you the most fans, like I did a fan poll on it, who won the trade, and 80% of fans, and most of the fans voting, there's 3,700 fans voting, um, most of them vote 80%, 79%, I should say, voted that Chicago won the trade. So this is a really unpopular trade for Ken Holland. My own assessment is that I, I think Holland should have said no. Now, he... he a couple times and gone. Look, he may have done this, Bob, and this is what I don't know in assessing it. How many times did Ken Holland say no to Chicago through this process, which lasted a couple weeks or three weeks, maybe even a month, Ken Holland was suggesting? How many times did he say no? How firm was he on that and then make Chicago come back? Now, that's, I think that would be respectful dealing. He, 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 Holland was saying that you, you can't grind somebody, you can't squeeze other people. I don't think squeezing would be to have kind of a line in the sand. Now, if the line in the sand was he, he wasn't going to trade any of his top prospects, um, that's great. You know, when I heard that Sam Marukov or McLeod or Lavoie might be involved in the deal, that kind of made whoa, me... Whoa, 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 where made, did, you, where did made, you hear that? Bob, you, you raised it. I thought you raised it. No, you, David, you, what you, I said was... What, you said that they haven't been ruled out, that I, it might be... No, what I said... Li- Listen closely. I said yeah. there were four guys non-starters for sure. They're not. They know they can't get one of the number ones: Bouchard, Broberg, or Holloway. They, yeah. they can't get Holloway, or, or they can't get McLeod. And you know they're going to ask for Samar Rukov. Or pa, uh, I, I specifically said, I wonder if they asked for a guy like Samar Rukov. There's sure. a difference there. Okay. I'm, I'm, I was speaking from the Chicago perspective, not on what the owners were willing to give up. There's anyway, a difference. Anyway, so it's, it's great. And fair enough, Bob. I'll take you. That's what you said. Um, I'm glad that they didn't move these players as well as Jones. I just think if, if they had kept saying no, maybe other possibilities would have come forward for the owners. Like Ryan Sutter was bought out. We don't know if he would come here. Nick Letty's on the market. We don't know how easy he would be to get. Were there other possibilities? And the other issue, Bob, on an open market, I, I think it's generally accepted that if Keith was a UFA now and was signing with someone else, that he wouldn't get $5.5 million a year. So why did the owners take on all of that, that salary? You know, what could have been they done didn't take for the on Oilers? That, David, they didn't take on that salary. They took on the cap hit. 
the salary is 2.1 okay so why did they take on that you know the cap hit which is all important in today's game you know when when there's a maximum cap hit you can go to now and i don't know bob about like maybe the Oilers have moved to a different position in terms of being a franchise that has to watch every dollar i mean i think a a solid guesstimate of what daryl cates lost last year was about 50 million dollars and maybe the Oilers are in a financial position where suddenly what they're paying out is really important to the team and we we were in that situation in edmonton for 20 25 years and you know we we saw how that how that played out and how that factored into the decisions i can't say or whether or not that was a factor in this decision but in terms of keith's cap hit of 5.5 million i don't think he's worth that so it probably would have been better if that was recognized in the deal some way either chicago retaining some of that money or them providing some kind of sweetener for the oilers to take on that salary all right um a couple things here you do know that the tampa bay lightning with the la uh It, it, it's it's interesting because we're getting contrasting texts coming in on you, David. So I'm going to have to that I'm going to have to get to. It should be noted: Tampa Bay won 18 million dollars over the cap. The Oilers have got Oscar Kleffbaum at uh, 4.2 million. We now know highly unlikely that he's going to be returning this year. That's probably going to be the cap space and flexibility that provides the Oilers with the mechanism uh, to. Uh, to, to get Keith in here, so to keep that in. So here here we go, two conflicting texts. Bob, 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 as a teacher, uh, I think Staples is mostly out to lunch on politics and education and often on hockey. But to defend David Staples here, Bob, you are not in politics. Completely understand where David's coming from. I'm surprised he's only blocked out 2,000. Another texter says... Uh, David is an aggregator, not an investigator, and with respect to hockey, why is he a weekly guest on your show? Wow, there's there's the contrast. That's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, the, the aggregator thing, Bob, you know, the, the fact is that unlike most Oiler fans, you know, at the Cult of Hockey, we're actually going over the videotape, reviewing all the scoring chances, getting in-depth individual analytics that other people don't get. The, the amount of work that we put into reviewing every game I think speaks for itself, and we've done it for a decade now. I think the the data speaks for itself, and 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 when it comes to the Duncan Keith trade, I think it's really appropriate because most of the people who don't like this trade, who who hate it the most, Bob, are going on what I would consider to be misleading analytics. They're going on team numbers for shot metrics for players, and you know these shot metrics aren't earned by individual players; they're earned by large groups of players. So this is a big reason why we see like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Bob, they had poor shot metrics in 2019-20. The same year Leon Dreisaitl won the MVP award, he had poor shot metrics. What does that tell you about shot metrics? That they are numbers earned by groups of players. And if McDavid and Dreisaitl shot metrics were misleading in 2920, could Duncan Keith's shot metrics be misleading right now? Absolutely. 
they could be misleading, and we don't know that. We don't know if how responsible he was for for um, what went wrong in Ch- with Chicago this year. Maybe he's fully responsible for all the bad things that happened on the ice when he was out there, or maybe he was playing with a lot of weak players. The shot metrics do not tell us that, just like they didn't tell us uh, about McDavid and Drysdale. I had somebody tell me four or five years ago that the Edmonton Oilers would have been a bad Corsi team in the mid '80s. And I'm yeah. like, is that because uh, they had a higher finishing percentage than other teams? They had players that were shooting. I mean, some people said, well, look, at even you could even make that argument with Tampa Bay during the playoffs this year. That the games based on the shot metric. Montreal Canadiens outshot Tampa badly in game number two and lost the game. Tampa Bay had better finishers. David, I want to get to a couple more texts. Uh, Bob, I love David Staples, but ask him how important a cap it is when the NHL literally doesn't enforce the cap whatsoever. That, I think that's a fair question to ask. What do you think? Well, I think the Oilers only have so much cap room this year, and they've got a lot of needs. Uh, you know, they've got an, a, a need on the wing. They've got uh, they have it. They had a need at left defense. They've they've uh, filled that with Duncan Keith, and we'll see how that turns out. I mean, I hope it really turns out well, Bob. And and I'm gonna I'm here to tell you that I I can't really say I didn't watch Duncan Keith, and I don't have the kind of in-depth individual analytics that. I need would need to assess Duncan Keith in Chicago, and most people don't. So. What about resource? What about resourcing? What about do you have the time to resource and talk to people in Chicago about Keith? Uh, no, I don't have that. I don't have those contacts either. Although I, I, I did read what the Chicago bloggers and um, hockey writers were saying about Duncan Keith before this trade was made. Before any there was any rumor about Duncan Keith going on the market, I wanted to see what people in Chicago were saying about Duncan Keith this year, and uh, and there were pretty good reviews actually. Like he got a grade of I would say generally he got a grade of B. You know, um, people were okay with Duncan Keith this year. So the, all the negativity about Duncan Keith is flowing out of. Stat- statistical analysis, and I get some of that because his point scoring has crashed uh, since his peak. He's just not the puck mover uh, statistically when it comes to points that he used to be. But people who watched him, you know, fans and bloggers, um, you can take for, uh, excuse me, hockey writers and bloggers, you can put the value that you want on their opinion, but they thought he was okay this year. So I'm hopeful he'll be okay for the Oilers. David Adams says, David Staples is fantastic for the show and knowledgeable. Adam adds, I love this deal. Uh, we delay things with some of our top-end prospects, and we have a great defenseman here in Keith. Quiet fans watch, enjoy, simple. Well, I, I, look, I totally you know, get the uh, uh, perspective on things. That's that. That's that. I, yeah. totally, I totally understand that there is a dissenting voice in this deal. I'm saying I believe Keith's going to end up helping the team. All right. Uh, are you concerned at all about Adam Larson? Well, Bob, I, from my viewing of the team, Adam Larson was, was and, and this is a controversial statement, I think Adam Larson was the most effective two-way player, at even defenseman at even strength on the orders last year, even a little bit better than Darnell Nurse. Nurse is a much more dynamic attacker, but but Larson is a significantly better defender than Nurse, I believe. He's just such a fantastic shutdown player, and if the Oilers lose him, they'll be looking for a player like Adam Larson for years to come. Same could be said of Darnell Nurse. Uh, he 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 
his positioning is great. His reading of uh, the play is great. Hardly ever caught out of position, and he's absolutely fierce on defense. He hardly ever gets beat by top attackers coming down his wing, and I can't say that about any other Oilers uh, defenseman. So, yeah, I'm concerned. You know, there's been some hints, suggestions. Spectre was talking about this on your show yesterday, that maybe there's some kind of understanding between the Oilers and Larson before the expansion draft, and if Ken Holland has done that, full credit to him, because Tampa Bay uh, bends the rules every way it can and gets away with it. I think other NHL teams have these kind of uh, understandings we'll call them between players uh, so they don't have to protect them in the under, uh, the expansion draft but we'll sign them right after other teams are doing it if the orders have done this with uh, Adam Larson full credit to Ken Holland I hope that's the case I don't believe that's I don't believe that's where we're at yet uh, David yeah. former defenseman Mark says if 70 to 80 percent of the people in David Staples Twitter poll said Chicago won the trade they're either blank or they believe that Caleb Jones is a better player than Duncan Keith doesn't the team that gets the best player win the trade? It's a lot of fans who voted, 3,700 fans. So it's, you know, Twitter, I think, is not necessarily representative of Oilers fans in general. I think most Oilers fans are far more accepting of whatever move the GM makes than people on Twitter are. You get the more critical people on Twitter, including myself. Um, so, you know, I, I guess with the general fandom, it would be more evenly split. But, um, yeah, I think there are a lot of fans who think Caleb Jones is a better player than Duncan Keith uh, right now. They look at Bob. <laughs> Duncan Keith had some of the worst shot metrics for a defenseman in the NHL Duncan last Keith year. Played people 20, okay, people I, who believe in that, people who believe in shot metrics, they, they've got to believe that he's terrible because that's what those numbers say. And, again, I don't believe those numbers. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, so, I'm at a loss. Sorry, you lose me. You lose. Let's cut, that's, that's cut the BS here. You lose me when you sit there and say that a guy who is the best defenseman in a series between Edmonton last year and Chicago, a guy that's won multiple Norris trophies, a guy that's won a Conn Smythe, won multiple Stanley Cups, an Olympian, a proven player, you lose me when you... If you want to sit there and say, well, the owner should have gotten 33% retained or 50% retained five, don't sit there and try to tell me that a guy that was a healthy scratch for the Edmonton Oilers that regressed this year... He's he he's he might be a third pairing defenseman in the NHL. That guy's better than a guy who's led a team in ice time for fourteen and sixteen minutes. Yeah, that's, that's a dubious suggestion yeah. to me, David. Yeah, no, I agree, and that's not my argument, Bob. I'm presenting what the argument is that other people are thinking yeah. about about uh, Jones and Keith. My own thought about Keith is that his his point scoring has dropped. That's a red flag. He hasn't had like you, you listed off a number of great accomplishments. Those are definitely on his resume, and I see value in getting a veteran defenseman. I hope he can. I hope he can hang in there at uh, second pairing. Maybe he'll be at third pairing. My concern is, like, you know, in terms of his great accomplishments, he hasn't had a Norris Trophy vote. He hasn't been in the, the top 20. I don't think he's had a vote since he was 33 for the Norris Trophy. So, so that level, that high level of play that led to all those good things happening in his career, that's, that's not recent. And that's the team around him wasn't very good. They didn't, have a, they didn't have their first or second line centers this year. They this had unproven goaltenders. I just want to get to one more text here. Red says, most of the uh, analytics naysayers have no concept of what it takes to manage anything, especially something as complex as an NHL club. Anybody who's ever done something like manage a McDonald's understands there's no concept of running a perfect chip. Yes, Ken Holland had all the cards, and his only other play was to fold and not 
get the player. He wanted the player, so the only option was to pay the price. There is no Jedi mind control that he could have used to force Stan to pay uh, Key's contract and give him away, uh, or a higher percentage of the cap and give him away from free. That one comes from Red. I've had several business guys, David, suggest the same thing, that we seem to have a lot of people that think that they could step in and negotiate a better deal and several of the people that make these sort of suggestions on shows like this via text, we don't even know what they do, if they've ever actually been. Like, have you been in a management position before, David? I have not. And, and so this isn't me saying that I could have got a better deal than Ken Holland. Right. And, and this isn't me saying that I've analyzed this player better than Ken Holland. Here's what I would say, Bob. To analyze the Edmonton Oilers, Dave Tippett uses scoring chances. He, he, they go over the video. They figure out who made contributions to chances for and against. Dave Tippett sees these players every single game, but he still wants that kind of analytical data, granular individual data on Oilers players. My question is, did the Oilers have that level? Level of knowledge on Duncan Keith. Did they have his scoring chance data and other individual analytics that are crucial to ranking players, in my opinion? Did they have access to that? Did they buy that? Do they do that themselves? Did they have that? Is there, and I think it's an important part of the process, and if they're not doing it, it could lead to a mistake. And, and again, I can't answer that. I don't know if they have that data or not. David, it was fun. It was fun. I, I hope people ease up on you. Um, it's no, it's good to have sharp disagreement, and uh, that's how you. That's yep. how. That's and I how, and I and I get the fans. Ta- I get the fans. The perspective of Chicago should have eaten more. There's a real dollar versus the inferred cap uh, uh, perspective, and all I'm going to tell you is we've seen with the cap, especially with LTIR, that there's maybe more flexibility than people were. Thanks, David. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. Old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough payments or an interest rate that's too high or a vehicle you may want to sell, refinance, or trade in for something completely different, go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford at column 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. 129 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather track. Traffic update with Eileen Bell. More on Oilers Now with the one and only John Shannon when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.